0: I've been waiting a long time for this. On talk, no shock. And now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, transformers, independent artists, interviews, transformers, and stuff and things. Also, sometimes transformers. And now, here he is, the creed that always rises to the top Mike Seibert.
1: Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Voicemail Hotline. 231-224-MIKE. Again, that's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just like it sounds. And on this week's show, I got a lot of listener feedback to share about comics gate all that and more on this all new episode of mike cyber radio but first let's kick things off with some shout outs yay steals again it's so catchy (laughs) Thank you, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb, the Autopod Decepticast, and that's where we're going to start. Uh, During episode 102, uh, chest deep into their review of G.I. Joe the movie, uh, they ran into some difficulty uh, keeping all of the uh, various team names together. You know, Marauders, Renegades, Rawhides uh, gets very, very uh, uh, confusing, which led to this exchange. It's like having two guys in a movie named Mike and Mark, and then you add one named Mick.
0: Like, it's like having two guys on our show out there named Mike and Mike. It's true. We should get rid of one of them. <laughs> Somebody's going to let Which one? <laughs> listeners, you decide. It's a poll.
1: Obviously referring to myself and Michael Andrews. And to me, that sounded like they were extending an invitation. So which of you fine gentlemen would like to join our team? Oh. There's only one spot open right now, so we're gonna have
0: tryouts.
1: So I threw the gauntlet down out there on Twitter, uh, uh, challenging Will Write for Pizza, at Michael Andrews, who has the coolest, most efficient spelling, by the way, uh, M-I-K-E-L. That's part of the reason why I don't go by Michael uh, uh, with uh, my spelling, uh, way too many letters. Uh, Anyhow, instead of accepting the challenge of tryouts... Tryouts. He made an enticing counterproposal, an alliance, um, but not before sending our mutual APDC bros to the Springfield burn ward, writing they don't have the hardware for it, uh, implying some kind of like epic rap battle where we would both, you know, fight it out uh, on the autopod decepticast uh, uh, field of field of screams i guess but yeah no man you <laughs> know i have the hardware to uh to handle that whoa um he uh he continues um all right at mike cyber radio hey that's me uh let's go start our own podcast i have names already uh and he gives a few these are pretty funny two mics no feedback mike here mike now and i made you a mike's tape I love those ideas. Uh, two mics, two furious. Uh, so uh, that just tells me that uh, we should get together soon and uh, and do another podcast together uh, with, uh, you know, maybe I'll get around to reading uh, Coming of Mage. I've got a, uh, a trip to Toronto uh, coming up for TFCon, and I know that's uh, that's going to be uh, definitely on my hit list. I, uh, I also want to shout out uh, Dave Sanders, again, producing the new show intro, outro, bumper sweepers and uh, other produced bits that uh, that you heard some last week. I've got some new ones uh, this week that that Dave made for us and and uh, going forward. And if you're looking for help and giving your podcast or audio project kind of like a a polished pro sound, uh, Dave is uh, set up now up on Fiverr. Um, I've got a link to that in the show notes. So he's uh, uh, trying to uh, break into the world of you know podcast editing and producing and production and and that's uh, that's kind of like the the. Um, you know, culmination and next stage of a lot of the the skills that he picked up along with me over at Green River College, being part of KGRG back in the day. He was he was the producer of the award winning uh, Buzz Morning Show uh, back in the day, and um, his stuff is really good and it's it's uh, it's tight and bright. So again, if uh, if you need a hand with that, uh, hit that up in the show notes. Um, all right, so. I, I mentioned earlier that my buddies from Autopod Decepticast are talking about G.I. Joe, the movie. Um, well, I I just discovered this week by listening to uh, Married With Comics there, I'm just now getting into uh, the Rod Pod, uh, but I, I discovered this week that Autopod Decepticast isn't the only podcast given the juice on the Joes. Come in, Aaron Moss, codename
0: Head. I have an important mission for you, son. I need you to podcast about G.I. Joe, a real American hero, the comic book series previously published for Marvel Comics, currently being pet out by IDW. Um, which issues, uh, General Hawk? Issues, boss son. You're going to cover the entire run, plus the yearbooks, special missions, order, battle, everything, along with the cartoon. Wowzer, sir. That's a mighty large mission. That's why I'm assigning you several other Joes as they're available to help. And uh how do I report my findings? Monthly at our main site, gijoe.headspeaks.com on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Submit your report under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Uh, anything else, sir? You can get further information on the social medias, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, all under G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Dismissed, soldier. Yep. Yes, sir. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. And of course, the spelling on that is S E I B E R T.
1: You got mail. Everybody loves you. All right. So during last week's episode, uh, number 217, I I referred to a crowdfunding project from a Transformers comics creator that I learned is aligned with Comicsgate and shared some of my thoughts on that topic. And I, I tell you, I must have struck a chord because this is this is the most thoughtful feedback and insight I've heard about one of my shows in in some time. And I I really appreciate everyone taking the time to uh, write in and interact with me. And, you know, before I read through these messages, um, I'm reminded of something I occasionally forget and take for granted. It's it's a really cool feeling Hearing That folks like what you do. Um, I mean, we're all fans. We're all friends. But it's easy to forget sometimes to tell creators that you like their stuff. And for a lot of us out here that occasionally struggle with uh, imposter syndrome and insecurity. Uh that feedback means the world. So, you know, uh reach out and touch the folks that uh that that sounded very inappropriate. But I mean just, you know, stray tweets here or there or just, you know, um you know, something behind uh beyond just like a like or a share or whatever, just something like, "Hey man, I really like that." Um anyhow, uh my uh, uh tweet about uh, last week's episode got a huge signal boost from friend of the show, Anthony Brucali, owner-operator Madman, behind TFU.info and host of the Transformers University podcast. He wrote in a, uh, quote, tweet, um, kick-ass episode from Mike Cybert Radio. One day he needs to call an episode Radio Free Cybertron and have Brian Kilby on. Uh, Brian Kilby, of course, the uh, founder of Radio Free Cybertron at TFRadio.net. Uh, One of the world's first podcasts, a very first podcast, celebrating 20 years of the Transformers podcast all this year. Uh, Mike really dug deep into something that was on my mind all last week regarding a particular creator owned book launch, a must listen exclamation point. And by the way, um, just a, a pro tip uh for for folks out there uh don't use uh, the comics gate hashtag unless you're supporting them um i uh in my first tweet uh uh promoting the episode i used it i put in uh, a #comicsgate and almost immediately had a few Comicsgate creators barnacle their projects onto that post just replying, uh, which which kind of cracked me up because that tells me that they're just looking at the hashtag and not necessarily the uh, uh, the content of uh, what I was talking about, because I think, you know, uh, uh, some rando that's uh, pumping links to their book on comicsology. I don't I don't know if they would care for what I was saying about the uh, Comicsgate movement. Anyway, uh, later on, uh, Anthony, uh, wrote more and he, uh, uh messaged me directly and he wrote, uh, Hey Mike, I loved today's episode. I went down the exact same rabbit hole when I saw that project. Uh, the killer for me was a video on his YouTube channel where he went through Comicsgate comments and tried to minimize their statements as being pro comics. Now, all cards on the table here. My political views swing pretty far left most of the time. And again, this is Anthony Bercalli writing this. Uh, that said, I'm not entirely sure Gate is a left-right issue. As you mentioned, meaning me, uh, you you already decided where you stood before you started dissecting the whole thing. That's probably because it's more a right-wrong issue. The notion of the alt-right is exclusionary and at its core anti-American. We fought the Nazis. The Confederacy lost the Civil War. That's because ideologically, as a nation, we're opposed to these ideals, whether you are a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, alt-right shifts the middle line, blurring people's perceptions of right and wrong. Um, He continues. "Uh, The other day I was at an exclusion and diversity event at my job and I work for a very large accounting firm where there's a lot of people, um, uh, not me, sadly, uh, who make a lot of money. As you said, money tends to lean right. And here at my job, they go out of their way to make people, regardless of their race, gender, orientation, etc., feel included. One of the talking points was about people being able to feel comfortable as themselves and bringing their whole selves to their work. And honestly, that's not a left-right thing. That's a human thing. That's a compassion thing. Comicsgate is exclusionary. It's going out of its way to not let these people have a voice or have their stories told. The notion of, quote unquote, forced inclusion is bullshit, Uh, since it's only forced if you see it as not your own or you are unwilling to live in other people's truths as part of your entertainment. Uh, We're talking about made up characters here. Anything can be made up as you go along, plausible or not. Uh, Ethan Van Sciver uh, cutting heads off of Rose Tico toys isn't a statement of anything but misogyny and hate. That said, you've covered everything very deftly, so good job, man! Exclamation uh, point. By the way, uh, Anthony continues. Um, found an article when researching the next episode of the show, that being Transformers University. It mentions how Ms. Marvel, uh, obviously later Captain Marvel, uh, was deliberately developed as a feminist character back in the late seventies. Uh, so the notion of diversity and pushing the boundaries politically in comics being something. something. Something new uh, to include marginalized parts of the population has always been baked in. Hell, that's what the 1960s X Men were all about. Um, and he's, he's so right about all that. Again, I, I, my, my listeners and my friends are way smarter than I am and way more, uh, articulate. Um, and, and I'm going to put a link up in the show notes uh, for that article about Polygon, where it's a, uh, sit down conversation with Kelly Sue DeConnick, the writer, uh, most, uh, credited with, uh, reinvigorating, uh, Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel. Um, it it was a really good read, a lot of stuff I already knew, but it was still, um, it was still a fascinating read in context because, uh, the, the one thing that I've also land on and, and I did a little bit name dropping in there. I mean, we all know, you know, I, I mentioned this last week, um, you know, I kind of sidestepped some names a bit, and I'll continue to do so. But when you think of Comicsgate, the the you know, uh, Ethan Van Sciver is the name that comes up more than anything, and um, and yeah, he's he's got some he's got some nasty stuff on his YouTube. Um, but yeah, I think that um, uh, one of my biggest takeaways from uh, Anthony's insight is yeah, I think. I, I think I have kind of uh looked at ComicSgate as a political issue and it's it's probably even more simple than that. It's like, you know, it's I, I, I like how he put it as as being a uh, right, wrong issue. Um, so we continue. I got uh, this uh, next message. I got is from Jeremy, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Transmissions podcast. He's uh, he's been on the show here as well when we were talking about uh, Star Wars Celebration. Um, so Jeremy writes. Hey, uh good job being brave enough to cover the comic skate stuff. It's intimidated me when I see the cult like following the main guys have in that group. I haven't been following that particular project uh very closely, uh, but he was always a good guy when I'd see him at a convention. It's a shame if he's a Comic Skate supporter. Listening to your show makes me think that we have a lot of similar thoughts on things, um, or at least we had some similar experiences in the past. Uh, Jeremy shares, I, I grew up in Tennessee and was an AM talk radio junkie for years. You can probably guess my political leanings growing up. As I've gotten older and exposed to more things, I realized how little compassion my quote-unquote beliefs included for people that believed differently, despite the statements to the contrary by all the radio personalities. Um, A few years ago, I cut out pretty much all political talk radio, and it's crazy how my eyes have been opened because I'm actually thinking about what these beliefs mean in the real world and how much pain they have have caused. I don't want to cause anyone to hurt. In my reevaluation over the years, I've come to the decision that my previous political beliefs run counter to my religious belief to, quote unquote, love your neighbor as yourself. I want to show love to everyone, especially to groups that have been marginalized. And if a political stance, or in this case, uh, statements by particular comic creators run counter to that, then I want no part of it. I feel like these Comicsgate people still have blinders on. Comics is a big business, but it's been losing money since the speculation market crashed in the mid-90s. Uh, there are real problems that should be debated in comics like physical media versus digital. Um, or Diamond's uh, uh, Diamond dist- uh, Distribution Stranglehold on the distribution of books. The severe lack of promotion in mainstream media and tons more. Comicsgate skate concerns don't even make that list um anyway uh don't know where i was going with all this but i wanted to let you know i enjoyed the show and thought you handled it well um so uh, uh thanks for writing that uh jeremy and you know it, it it's interesting as i've as i've been put uh, putting this material together and deciding some of the stuff i wanted to commentate on mostly i wanted to have the statements just kind of stand on their own so i'm not Uh, trying to keep the interruption to a minimal and the, the additional uh, commentary at a minimum also. Uh, But I found myself going back through kind of like some of those principles of what, you know, comic skaters uh, believe in, you know, number one is adoption of art styles influenced by progressive politics or, you know, hiring of people uh, based, Purely on their surface traits, uh, change of beloved characters, uh, elitist purge of anything that is not progressive enough, and rejection of honest criticism. And um, I, I was just kind of uh, glancing back at that now because one of the other things that's huge with with Comics Gate is that that uh, that uh, principle of boycotting that I mentioned. And, you know, throwing money at these uh, at at these projects. And I've seen Comics Gate supporting tweets saying, like, see, uh, you know, traditional, quote unquote, traditional white, um, I, I guess I would say, is, is what a traditional comics, you know, people that look like me. Anyway, those are the examples that pro Comics Gate folks will put up and say, look at all of this money that this project has raised. Look at all these all the money that these people are willing to spend. This is what they want. They don't want what the, you know, uh Libtard SJW Big 2 Marvel DC are offering, which is which is nonsense because here's the thing and and Jeremy kind of nails it here. Nobody's buying comics. I'm not buying comics, you're not buying comics and just because uh you know, folks are throwing a whole lot of money at a project is not an indication of what is or is not a successful comic book. If you throw Cyber Frog on the shelves next to, I I don't know what what whatever folks whatever a uh, uh, Captain Marvel. If you throw Cyber Frog on the shelf next to Captain Marvel, same number of copies, same number of shelf space. I would not think that people are gonna be buying that book that that don't know anything about any of the politics of either character or situation. Um, anyway, let's so, so I I also uh, got a a really thoughtful note uh, from my buddy Killing spree, who uh, actually his his first, foray into uh, into feedback and this this actually really made me chuckle because uh um you know uh, uh, spree is a really good sport um uh and so so he uh and and he does interact with uh with me a lot on twitter about the stuff um i i you know spree i i'm glad and happy and grateful that you listen to the show i do wonder sometimes why you listen because you know i'll like a lot of these weird topics that I cover like, you know, transformers or you know, stuff that just I know that my show doesn't appeal to everybody. Um, and I'm grateful for everybody that that listens. but um, but anyway, so so Killing spree uh, tweeted at me., uh, he said, a frequent guest that wears his politics on his hat question mark, who could you possibly be talking about? Is it Dave? Dave's not here. I thought that was funny because obviously that's that's who we're talking about. I mean it's right there in his uh uh Twitter avatar. Um but later, um he also uh messaged me with uh with uh feedback about the episode that um that's quoted that I'd like to share with you. And he writes I wanted to give my two cents regarding your Comicsgate episode. When it comes to separating the art from the artist, it is absolutely possible to do so. It depends on how open-minded the person consuming the art is. For example... Jamie Lee Curtis and Dave Mustaine have said things that go against my personal views. However, that didn't stop me from calling Halloween uh, 2018 my movie of the year, nor will it stop me from checking out Megadeth's next album. Uh, Regarding the concept of losing friends over Comicsgate, I think ending friendships over something like that is stupid as hell. All that does is create further division, though I suppose anyone who would end a friendship like that probably wasn't worth having as a friend in the first place. With that said... I am a supporter of comicsgate killing spree rights and despite what you said at the end about creators that are aligned with the movement I feel no desire to stop thinking of you as a friend and I look forward to doing a review of Godzilla King of the Monsters with you soon and you know what it's it's interesting because I I I I've known for I don't know maybe like 6 months or so that that killing spree has been a supporter of comics gate, and uh, something I did want to talk about here is that I don't know if being a supporter of uh, comics gate creators is necessarily a friendship deal breaker. Like for example, I. I'm also looking forward to talking to Killing Spree about Godzilla because I know he's super stoked on it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm hope to get out soon. And I like doing podcasts with Killing Spree. You know, it it adds a dimension and flavor and sometimes an antagonistic nature that I can't necessarily manufacture for myself. And I think it's valuable to have... Uh, Differing opinions. What I found in my conversation during those podcasts is that often we're kind of like two sides of the same coin. We're not necessarily opposed, but I think sometimes we arrive at the same conclusion, but from like different angles. Um and I think that makes for uh, some some interesting conversations. I know uh, Aaron in particular from Autopod Decepticast has you know talked about that that he likes those those uh, uh those particular episodes. So I, I'm I'm not looking to uh make a change, but the the thing that I that I guess I want to clarify here is my difficulty with learning about that particular creator is not necessarily specifically because their comics gate aligned is that it was a surprise that like I didn't know. And then I did know and that that influenced how I uh, viewed them and their work. And that's what, made me so confused and inspired me to crack open a microphone and kind of try to sort out my feelings uh, with you and inadvertently, you know, kind of kind of uh, opened up a larger topic. Um, Whereas with uh, the point I was trying to make uh, with my friend killing spree is that, you know, that observation about his politics on his hat, it's like, I've known that about him the entirety of the time that I've known him and at that time I you know I I would accept it because it's like you know we would have great conversations about movies and TV and music and and nothing uh having to do with you know political beliefs or something like that it it's you know what it it's it's possible to have friends with folks that you don't necessarily see eye to eye on. That's kind of what makes a good friendships tick. Um, But to loop that back around before, before I move on um, is that when I learned that killing spree was like, you know, he, he would, what I remember exactly what it was. I don't remember the tweet, but I know it was a something from Ethan Van Skyver that he retweeted. And I saw that in my timeline. I'm like, you know, and I did wince. So I'm like, oh, man, Killing Spree discovered gate. And, um, you know, it it was one of those things. I'm like, well, but that's on brand and that's and that doesn't surprise me. I don't support it, but it doesn't surprise me either. And does that influence my friendship? No, no. Um, and i'm glad that you know he uh uh shared this to because you know a, as you've already heard and will continue to hear the the majority of the stuff that i've got to share is is left leaning um and you know it's it's good to get a a, uh, a differing viewpoint. So um, so I do want to move on from that. Uh, uh, Dave Sanders, who I was just uh, talking about earlier, um, he uh, he uh, he wrote to me on Twitter and this is in um, uh, direct opposition and contrast to what Killingsbury had just wrote um, uh, about artists and, and separating it. He uh, he writes, it's really hard to separate the art from the artist. I'll mention one that hits me very hard. Uh, Chris Benoit, uh, the wrestler that killed his wife and child and himself. Uh, Chris Benoit was one of my favorites and got me to fall in love with wrestling. Now, I can't watch his old stuff without Having that horrific tragedy being associated with him when he's on screen, especially when he's in a segment with the woman that he would eventually murder, I don't think it's really possible to separate them when someone does something so despicable. And you know, I I you know I glanced up against it because, like, you know, I I brought up Bill Cosby. You know, it's like, and you know, not not a. a you know, being able to, to listen to Bill Cosby Records aim or watch a more uh, Cosby show. And I, I, I see where Dave's coming from, you know, with not being able to watch that. I mean, it's like, you know, i I don't know. If I've gone back and watched uh, any of the Naked Gun movies um, uh, with uh, with O.J. Simpson in them on Facebook, uh, Michael Scott Robinson, a.k.a. Mahalo Mike. And I'll, I'll give you a Mahalo Mike a side fest update after I after I read his uh, post here. He writes, if everyone agreed about everything, life would not be be any fun uh people need to stop treating disagreement like blood sport and talk to each other not at each other the world needs more discourse and debating instead of death matches but love what you like um and he uh puts a postscript and for the record i liked star wars the last jedi flaws and all but i can understand why people didn't and bear no ill will towards anyone. It's their choice, and as long as no one harms one another, then all is good. And I think that loops all the way back around to uh, some of the things that Anthony Bercali was saying with regards to uh, Comicsgate not being so much a left-right issue and a right-wrong issue. Now, uh, like I said, I did want to give a... Uh, Mahalo Mike update. I I probably should have read this last week when I was talking about uh, CybeFest Northwest, which incidentally is coming up uh, Saturday, July twenty seventh at the Kent Commons Community Center. It's uh, you know Transformers convention for the fans by the fans, um, but uh, and uh, uh, Michael uh, you know takes on the identity of Mahalo Mike and did uh, did has done really cool. Uh, uh, blind bags of stuff that he was selling at uh, a side fest. And I remember last year um, he sold through all of his blind bags and then basically said, okay, well I've gotten rid of that chunk of my collection. Mahalo Mike is retired. I'm not going to do the blind bags anymore. Well, um, uh, about a month ago, he uh, posted on Facebook and some of the Transformers groups. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages and IQs, after much soul and shelves searching, I am proud to announce that this year at Cybefest Northwest, once again, Mahalo Mike will be making a triumphant return to the dealer tables with another blind bag bonanza. But wait. There's a twist. Uh, This year, there will be at least two different sizes of blind bags. The original $5 blind bags and the new $30 to $40 blind bags. Still haven't quite decided on the price yet. Uh, What will be in these newer, larger blind bags, you ask? Because I was thinking that. I cannot tell you. They are blind bags, after all. A hint, though, some figures just shouldn't be separated. Uh, But no, they will follow the same rules as the smaller ones. They will be worth at least the price tag, but very much more likely far more. And from my personal display collection, I am starting the process of getting everything ready. I like to be as thorough as possible. And like last year, there will be a couple unblind bag figures for sale at my usually insanely low prices, I look forward to seeing you all for Fun Times Fellowship. Mahalo. Okay, so that was about a month ago. And uh, just a couple days ago, um, he uh, posted another uh, Mahalo Mike Subfest Northwest update. Um, I have been culling my collection for blind bag selections as well as a couple that I will be calling "quote unquote" blue light specials, and yes, I do actually have a blue light at the ready. So again, Sidefest uh, Northwest is going to be uh, Saturday, July twenty seventh, at the Kent Commons Community Center, and I'm hoping to see if I can get Michael on the uh, on the podcast to talk about uh, Mahalo Mike and some of his uh, Transformers fandom. I, I I I'm still kicking myself for this a little bit because like i i ran into him very briefly at tfcon la he happened to be coming out of the pool area right about the time i was booking with uh, aaron to go uh to the transformers the movie panel uh with uh flint Dilly and ron friedman and neil ross and and uh um Another person or two, I can't remember, but anyway, that was like the one can't miss panel for me through all of TFCon LA, and I I saw him. I was like, "Hey, Michael, good to see you." Uh, uh, I gotta run, I gotta go to this panel, but I will catch up with you, and I never did because I'm not a great friend. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I've 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 been meaning to connect with Michael in a big bad way for uh, quite some time, so I'm I'm hoping to do that uh, prior to uh, Side Fest. Now, uh, getting back on track, uh, getting back on topic a bit, uh, you noticed that I didn't or haven't referred to the uh, creator of this uh, uh, crowdfunded project I keep referring to. I uh, haven't referred to them by name. And I won't uh, because after consulting the Internet, I I just don't want to give him the publicity. I mean, I I just looked a little bit ago. His project is already over 238% funded, so it it really doesn't matter um, aside from just uh, general principle. But once I realized that I had enough good listener feedback to uh craft an episode. Originally it was just going to be a bonus episode, you know, it's like I was going to I was going to read uh Anthony's note and uh Jeremy's note and Killing Spree's note and call it good, but then 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 uh wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, but uh enough to where you know, I I I wanted to roll this out, but I ran into a challenge. I was like, "Well, It's been a week and people, everybody knew that I've interacted with. Everybody knew exactly who I was talking about, Um, just like I, like I said. Um, So it's like, do I still have an obligation to continue to not say their name? Um, I wasn't sure. So I do what i do when i get particularly unsure about command decisions i put a poll out on social media and i i i phrased it so bizarre i i write should i continue to not say their name uh no dude and yeah man Um, And and I apologize for that confusing phrasing. Uh, uh, Thank God people in the comments figured out what the hell I was talking about, Um, because that that's kind of like a weird triple double negative. Um, I I was in a hurry because it's like I wanted to get it out because that would kind of influence how I would talk about it. So uh, thank you all for the feedback. And it's the uh, comments that really kind of. Uh, guided me the direction I need to go, so I'm going to stick with the phrasing that I've used previously, uh, and with the realization that the name isn't really important to the conversation, and again, don't want to necessarily uh, give them uh, the publicity. Um, in this uh, this thread on Mike Seibert Radio Facebook, uh, a friend of the show, Nick, uh, asked, um, "Now, what's Comics Gate again?" Now he, he had told me in like at a previous post, maybe it was on Twitter that he hadn't listened to the episode yet. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to drag him for that. But, uh, uh, but anyway, I just, I, I, I wrote, you know, as what I thought was kind of like the tightest nutshell as I could, I, I, I told him, uh, depending upon your perspective, comics gate is either uh, creator's tired of quote unquote forced diversity or just the straight up alt-right, um, And then uh, Mike Gillis, the uh, uh, co-host of Radio Versus the Martians, uh, um, a show and folks that are way more intelligent than I am and certainly more articulate, um, uh, uh, Mike writes, it's the latter. Uh, Their definition of quote-unquote forced diversity is such a broad and ill-defined thing, but it often includes harassment, homophobia and sexist slurs and accusations that women, LGBTQ plus folks and people of color working in the industry are quote unquote diversity hires or get their jobs through sexual favors. They talk about wanting comics to be free of quote unquote politics, which is a ludicrous wish as art and particularly comics have always been political And it's disingenuous uh, because whenever they create their own comics, they're often explicitly political just with a right wing bend. And he links up a article that I've seen and read a number of times uh, from uh, the Miami Herald. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, uh, Comicsgate. uh, Alt-right fanboys go after women in world of comics. Um, and continuing in that thread, uh, Aaron Head Moss, who you heard from earlier, uh, the host of, uh, G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, uh, writes, uh, Comicsgate is correct. Comics should stay away from anything political. I mean, they've never been political in the past. Post a picture of Captain America number one, where Steve Rogers is punching out Hitler, uh, and I support Nazi punching, uh, just, just like the song from Megathruster says, you know, the, the Nazi punching song. Anyway, um, he, uh, he also writes, and I almost left this out, but I just, I, um, uh, Aaron writes again, a warning, dot, 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 when searching for Superman and KKK, don't mistype that to be XXX, LOL. And he, uh, uh, I'm assuming it's a safe search is your friend deal because uh, the picture he posted is a panel of, you know, uh, World War II era Superman holding up a... A a Nazi, in fact, I think on his armband, that is a swastika. It's a it's a little hard to see. And my eyes are getting tired. Uh, But uh, Superman says in this uh, speech bubble, I'd like to land a strictly non-Aryan sock on your jaw. But there's no time for that. You're coming with me while I visit a certain pal of yours. Um, And to which this uh, squirrely uh, Nazi soldier guy is like, put me down. You're hurting me. And and uh, uh, Aaron concludes by saying uh, and for the main post, I say call him out so that that was that was his direction on that. And I get where he's coming from. I just um, I, I just chose a, a different path. Um, now, when I decided to tackle the topic of Comicsgate, I specifically wanted to make sure that I did it by myself. Um I didn't want to bring on a co-host so that my ideas could be mine alone and not necessarily influenced by friends meaning like you know whoever I happen to be sharing the microphone with uh, uh figuratively and you know and and I'm definitely influenced by who I'm talking to um that's Honestly, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy working with so many different co-hosts and guests is that, you know, I when when I interview artists, you know, I I get into like that, you know, very uh, artsy, creative, um, uh, liberal uh, headspace. And, uh, you know, kind of getting into that that very artistic energy, whereas, you know, sometimes when I'm doing shows with Dave or Killing Spree, you know, sometimes it it, it gives me an opportunity to take my inner curmudgeon for uh, for a long walk. And, you know, there's I, I wonder sometimes for folks that listen to multiple episodes of my show, what they what their impression and takeaway of me is because, you know, it's like, you know, I was pretty honest with you last week where I said, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a relatively good person, you know, uh, you know, and that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm caring and loyal and, and all of that other stuff. But I do have like some weird, uh, incongruities, you know, they are kind of like informed by, you know, age and lifestyle and, And uh, things like that, because, you know, it's it's interesting, like, um, again, going back to, um, you know, uh, Anthony's note where, you know, he's talking that, you know, he's predominantly politically left, you know, uh, Jeremy's note where he's talking about, you know, kind of being raised in a very uh, right wing conservative environment and kind of growing from that. And, um, again, with myself, I find myself still kind of in the middle. I know where I stand with, uh, with Comicsgate in particular, but I, I do, I, I do feel like I'm Blade the Daywalker sometimes because like I can, I can hang out with, you know, a very, uh, left-minded liberal uh, folks but then I also have um, uh, several friends uh, that are conservative and it's it is an interestingly hard uh, balance in fact one of the one of the things that that I think um I, I, I still haven't processed how I feel about it, but it's like uh um Aaron again from you know uh uh All Pod Decepticast. It's like I, I forget what it was. Maybe it's like when I was talking about uh pro wrestlers and and you know Vince McMahon not having an obligation to uh you know, pay out health insurance or something like that. It's like, hey, look at Cybert over there getting downright libertarian. And, you know, maybe I've got a lot of those tendencies that I haven't quite figured out. You know, what? I'm I'm just a I'm just an individual. God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of get, getting getting uh, getting way far afield. It's a uh, it's getting late. Um, So I, I didn't want to leave this topic for now without some kind of scorching hot take because I'm interested in continuing this conversation with you. You know, send in your voicemails, uh, direct messages, uh, whatever. Um, But my hot take this time is that I still have a lot to learn and room to grow. I'm I'm a progressive curmudgeon, I think that's kind of my brand, I guess, if I would put it that way. Uh, Like I said last week, um, and I am stubborn and I do occasionally bristle when I perceive something as, quote unquote, too progressive or uh, politically correct, uh, like we used to call it. Um, I can't pretend that's not the case. For example, I loved. Transformers more than meets the eye, the the comic book outside of the 1986 movie. That's probably my favorite iteration of uh, of the fiction. Um, you know, I love the character work, the art, uh, you, everything about it. It's like it it gave me the Transformers book that I never knew I would get. That I never knew I wanted. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just something very uh, special, you know, in that, like, you know, it takes so many different science fiction tropes um, and, you know, puts it through um, a progressive kaleidoscope. And, and I I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, and I think what really spoke to me about it is that it, it, it felt fresh. Um, you know, in that it's not just Optimus Prime and Megatron beating the hell out of each other again and again, which I like those stories. Don't get me wrong. Like I, when more than meets the eye and robots in disguise were running parallel. I really liked that because I felt like I was getting both itches scratched at the same time. You know, uh, RID was, you know, a more straightforward, traditional, uh quote unquote traditional transformer story whereas more than meets the eye was you know a little quirkier and a little more english um but anyway i i i do think that lost light uh which you know was was kind of the sequel series to more than meets the eye and and to to an extent and maybe a lesser extent uh, till all Are one the uh the third series Uh, that, that was launched, were almost too fan fiction friendly for my taste. Maybe a little too shippy. And I don't know where the line between representation and pandering is, because I would imagine that a lot of the choices that were made in Lost Light, And in um, uh, Till All Are One. um, Yeah, I I think both of those books straddle that line um, effectively. And I like that those are stories that exist, even if they aren't for me, especially if they aren't for me. Again, I I'll, I'll invoke that that conversation I had uh, with Liz, uh, you know, from uh, uh, Sidefest and World's Cosplay. You know, uh, she's getting stories that are geared towards her, and it's stories in books like that that make her feel like she doesn't have to fight for her place in the fandom. Because I and I, I re listened to that episode actually to kind of get that kind of fresh in mind. It's like. You know, uh, G one. You know, Transformers Generation One. You know, first iteration. It's it's for boys. It's for guys. You know, and it's kind of hard for you know uh, uh, folks that don't look like me. You know, uh, especially you know a a uh, someone who identifies as a queer female you know it's like well can i get a little bit of that representation because i like these robots um and and i feel that those those other stories you know lost light and till all are one really represent that in a big bad way which is great um as i said even if it's i mean cuz i i remember towards the end of lost light and and um it's I don't know. I just I again, I, I don't want to come across as complaining because my my feeling was at first I was a little bristly. Like, wow, every main character is getting coupled up. OK, that's OK. Um, but and again, I just I I kind of say, well, it's not for me. That's OK. And the fact that it is for somebody I think is very, very cool. Again, that is my favorite thing about transformers. Fandom is that we all get to share and there is something, uh, for everybody. Um, and, and really to, to put a, put a button on it. Don't worry about my representation. I'll be okay. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, shoot. Even uh, uh, look at the end game. You know, it's interesting how how um, you know somebody of a certain age and of a certain size uh, still gets their representation as well. But I'm I thinking about this reminded me of a conversation I had oh a couple few years ago um, about Spider Man. Now. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was my favorite movie from last year. And probably if I sit down and do the tabulation is definitely in my, I don't know, uh, definitely top 10, probably top five, maybe even top three uh, superhero movies of all time. I adore that movie and I really liked Miles Morales and I really like that story's version of Miles and I think his character and characterization is important but I had a conversation with a friend of mine I I don't remember if this was before Spider-Man Homecoming or maybe even before Civil War uh, um, maybe it was before Tom Holland was cast I, I don't remember off the top of my head but I remember this friend of mine saying that the new Spider-Man should be African-American. And this person was a fan of the movies. I had no idea if they were into the comics or not. but So I I thought I would be helpful and drop a little bit of science and uh, started talking about Miles. And my friend corrected me, telling me no. They were talking about Peter Parker. Peter Parker should be black. And I remember that bristling feeling that, that I kind of referred to earlier. It's like I, I bristled it, you know, like my shoulders got a little tense. Um, and, and I remember not agreeing with them, but also not wanting to argue. So I just kind of stared at the floor, um, and kind of shifted, twisted my foot like I was putting out a cigarette. And I, you know, I, I run into that on Twitter sometimes. Of, you know, sometimes I see posts that I would consider, oh, I don't know, quote unquote, aggressively progressive. Something where it's somebody like me. I look at that and I'm like, I don't know. I And, and again, I, I don't mean to snap this box open again. I really should keep the lid on it but that's how i feel about my current star wars fandom i feel like it's we don't want you here old man and it's it's weird whereas with transformers i don't feel that way because they're like hey man here's this bumblebee movie with all of the all of this 80s nostalgia and you know with the the evergreen designs of the g1 characters and I feel like I'm being pandered to in a way to where I'm like, hey, man, that that's cool. In a world that parallel to that, you have stories like uh, More Than Meets the Eye and Lost Light and uh, Till All Are One and and, you know, uh, uh, prolific artists doing, uh, you know, a uh, uh, commission pieces that are very shippy and you know really leaning into that arm of the fandom. So it's I and that's why I say there's something for for everybody. Whereas like if I say I don't like that Star Wars movie, I'm you know I'm I'm suddenly part of the alt right or something. I'm gonna stop talking about that because I realize I'm just uh, repeating myself. But I remember on an episode of Fat Man on Batman, where Mark Bernardin, who is black, um, explained why Batman, uh, specifically Bruce Wayne can't be African American. How that, you know, that, it's it's the character's whiteness that you know. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm butchering it. I'm not explaining it uh, very well, so I'm not going to try. But basically, he broke down in a very succinct fashion. You know, talking about like you know old money and and things like that, to where it's like Bruce Wayne is the sum of his experience, including his ethnicity and privilege, and I think that there are times where a character's ethnicity is crucial to the fabric of what makes them the character that they are. Um, now there, there are tons of examples of, you know, obviously uh, ethnic and, and gender swaps. I mean, look at *Battlestar Star Galactica, but that's why I loved uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse so much. Uh, anyone can wear the mask. You know, it's it's a diverse group of people, all with spider powers, all of them, their home dimensions, one and only Spider-Man. And Peter Parker, still a white guy. And so I, I bristle at the notion that ethnicity or gender is something that that um, that is interchangeable. I think that's perhaps a disservice. Um, because of their characterization and the way that they're, uh, portrayed, Peter Parker and Miles Morales are very different people and they are, um, you know, a sum of their experiences and their environments and their place in the world. And I think just, uh, making Peter Parker black, but having, you know, the whole other sum of of his experiences doesn't feel as genuine. Whereas you can explore different places uh, with Miles Morales and his life. And that's, and again, that's, that's one of the things that's so magical about that story is that Miles is a very interesting dude and you get to see the world from a perspective that's not, Peter Parker's. So, and I don't know, I, I, I I would be very interested to hear what you think, because I think, I don't know, I, I feel in this uh, sequel uh, to uh to my comics gate follow up i i'm reminded of the phrase from uh mark twain you know it's uh it's better to keep your mouth closed and let people think you are a fool than to open it and uh remove all doubt i think uh maybe i've said too much on this particular topic but i would uh um again i i'm interested in uh having the conversation continue so uh so hit me up
0: You've heard what Mike
1: thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook,
0: Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Radio.
1: And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. My name is Mike. Thank you for listening. And until next time... Make good choices.
0: You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Sybert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S E I B E R T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.